Pastoral ministry can be described as soul care, the work of helping others apply the power of the gospel to the innermost parts of their lives. But the congregation aren't the only souls under a pastor's care. Perhaps the first and primary soul care concern of the pastor is for the pastor. So, pastor, what are you doing to care for your soul? Welcome to Hope Renewed, a podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for joining me for Hope Renewed. I'm Tom Jameson, and this is the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. It's where we explore the issues and situations that can put pastors at risk and share hope when ministry leaves us hopeless. In the next few episodes of Hope Renewed, I'm talking with Sean Nemechek. Sean is PIR's newest regional director. He brings 18 years of pastoral experience to his work in caring for pastors, as well as a love to listen to pastors and be a healing presence in their lives. His webpage, The Pastor's Soul, features his writing and resources which encourage pastors in the care for their souls. We talked recently about his ministry and about the particular need for pastors to practice soul care by actively pursuing Sabbath. Kind of the first thing I wanted to just get it by way of introduction, I think, to hear a little bit about you and your vision for the pastor's soul and what your passion is behind that ministry. Yeah, the pastor's soul is um, really about helping churches invest in their pastor's joy for the good of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of take that from Hebrews thirteen seventeen, uh, where it, it, there's the first part of the verse talks about obeying your leaders, but the last part of the verse is says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, because that would be of no advantage to you. Uh, so my goal is to help the church see that the environment that they create for their pastor as a work environment and relational environment uh, really impacts the life of the church overall. Um, and so I do a lot of writing on um, just how to create a good work environment, things like uh, how to do ministry reviews. Um, there's an article I did, how to do ministry reviews without a firing squad. Uh, because so many times pastors feel like they're they're on the firing line and everybody's yeah, yeah, literally firing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I do things like that, how to establish boundaries, uh, how to build trust uh, among pastor and board. So there's some of those types of things. But then I do a lot on uh, soul care for pastors. So some of it's in helping churches understand um, things that they can offer their pastor easily that will will help him uh, or her uh, just uh, have the space they need to relate to God. So uh, things like prayer retreats um, or uh, sabbatical. Um, so many churches think that a sabbatical is just this huge obstacle, and um, it really doesn't have to be. Uh, so think, I do things like that. And then I also write some articles directly for pastors saying, hey, um, here's some of my experience with burnout. Here's how I climbed out of it. Here's some things you need to know about um, caring for your own soul and prioritizing that so that you can remain healthy in ministry. Um, so it, it's just kind of a 
Sounds multifaceted. I mean, there yeah. there, there are a lot of, of uh, aspects to that. Um, uh, some larger, and, right, and some more seemingly mundane, or just patterns that a pastor or that a church can uh, begin to put into their lives, habits that they can develop that are going to bring ministry health. Uh, yeah, it's it, health. really what I'm trying to do is help pastors avoid or recover from burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two sides to that. There's, there's the, how the pastor cares for himself and how he approaches his work. And then the other side of it is the environment that he works in, mm. what the church does and, and how they do. Uh, those two things both need to be in line. Uh, if you only have one or the other, burnout's still around the corner. Mm. Yeah. But thinking in terms of, of the pastor caring for himself, looking at your article, you wrote the article, Searching for Shalom, the Importance of Sabbath Rest. Uh, and and highlighting kind of this practice, this uh, discipline, this habit um, that a congregation should have in mind, certainly, uh, but that pastors need to develop in in their own lives uh, to their own detriment if they don't. Um, what would you say the importance um, that shalom has? You can define that, and what importance does that have in the life of a pastor? Yeah. Uh... This article came out of kind of my own experience of of burnout. And so um, it it comes from a place of recognizing uh, when a pastor uh, is really struggling, it just, it's like they don't feel whole. Um, There's, there's just this sense of something's missing. Uh, And pastors quite often tend to get down on themselves because Mm -hmm. of that. And and you do a lot of self-blame and things, but really I think what's missing is, is, this idea of shalom. Biblically, shalom is is often translated peace, but it means so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a sense of wholeness of being, uh, maybe uh, well-being, um, contentment, uh, all kind of wrapped into one. Uh, and so I kind of like to think of, of shalom as being uh, the, the, the full reality of what it would be like uh, to realize our unity with Christ. And that, that seems to go directly counter to uh, how pastors oftentimes feel uh, in ministry, being pulled in a hundred different directions, um, feeling fragmented, uh, right. not only in what they need to do, but e- even, as you say, in themselves, the sense of, uh, okay, uh, I've, I've got to do all this, and who am I in all of this? You know, Who am I with my family? Who am I with my church? Who am I with my community? And so even the nature of ministry oftentimes seems to go counter to this sense of wholeness, of unity that you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think sometimes we fall into such people-pleasing behaviors uh, that we think we can satisfy everyone or provide for everyone. And uh, pretty soon we start um, uh, almost acting like we're God. Uh, not, you know, not, not in the sense that we, we have these high grandiose ideas of ourselves, but in the sense that, that we're trying to, to minister to everyone when we can't do that, we have limits. Um, so what Sabbath does is it helps us pull back and recognize I'm not God. God is God. He's the one who's in control. He's the one who provides. He's the one who grows the church. Uh, and for one 24-hour period, what we're doing is saying the church does not need me, uh, and God's got it. 
mm-hmm. he's caring for his church. That's his responsibility. Uh, and so that pullback allows us to reintegrate our lives and recognize that we don't have to have, live these completely fragmented lives. It gives us a chance to renew our soul's energy a little bit and uh, kind of creates a, uh, like a membrane between us and the church mm. that, that helps us have just a, a healthy, um, I think psychologists use the word differentiation. Yeah. You know, so we're not, we're not getting too mixed up with our, our congregation where our identity isn't wrapped up in the congregation, but it's in Christ instead. Uh, and so that Sabbath practice is, is what can provide all of this. And uh, really, when you put all of it together, that's what Shalom is. And it just, it seems to me um, that being given this, this practice of Sabbath that, that um, not only encourages, but actually builds in Shalom yeah. uh, when we practice it faithfully, um, still many pastors feel that that's kind of optional. And I, you know, I, I remember my struggles with that, just, you know, being busy on a Sunday. Um, but what do you see or, or why would you say that pastors so often optionalize Sabbath in their lives? I think some of it's cultural. Um, we live in a culture that's just busy, busy, busy all the time. I've heard it said that, uh, uh, and I can't remember who said this, but um, they said, Keeping the Sabbath uh, is the only te- one of the Ten Commandments that could get you fired. Uh, <laughs> and that just the way a lot, a lot of pastors feel about it. You know, it, I can't, I can't take the time off because there's this to do and that to do, and, and uh, really, it, we have to ask ourselves the question: How, how is it that we can decide to take one of these commandments, which are for our good and for our health? And say, I can't do that. It's like justifying disobedience uh, in some way. And uh, I'm not legalist over these things. It's just that uh, God's designed these for our health and and for the good of our ministry and for the good of the church. And uh, here we are saying, I, I just can't do that. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it just has to do with the cultures that we've created in our church and the pressures we put on ourselves um, mm. rather than trusting in God. And it, it seems like a real red flag the, that if a pastor uh, is optionalizing Sabbath for himself or herself, if, if there's this um, uh, sense, like you say, of, of selectively obeying the commandments, yeah. uh, that that becomes a warning sign that, that a pastor can look at in their lives to say, okay, the wheels are getting out of balance here. Something's going wrong. If I'm feeling that Sabbath is an option uh, rather than a, a gracious invitation that God wants me to fully step into. Right. Um, what do you think are some other warning signs that, that a pastor can look for in their lives that they are resisting Sabbath? Well, there's, like I said, there's the constant go, go, go. I've got to, be doing all the time. Um, Little things that will pop up just like anxiety. If there's kind of an underlying anxiety to everything we do, uh, it's a sign that uh, from our bodies that, that we need rest. Um, And there's a whole bunch of signals that can show up in the body. We have tension in our shoulders, 
headaches, um, various uh, um, coping behaviors, uh, you know, eating or uh, drinking or th things like that. They're, they're all telling us we've been pushing ourselves too hard for too long uh, and we need some rest. And quite often uh, as pastors, we don't get, we don't take the rest until we're forced to either, either by sickness uh, or just, just complete dead on fatigue. You know, um, we say, I need a mental health day, but really what we needed was Sabbath every week. Um, uh, I think it was Dallas Willard said, uh, if you don't come apart for a while, you're going to come apart in a while. Um, and that's what we do. We just wait until we fall apart. And then we say, all right, I'm going on vacation. Um, and we're working from a place of exhaustion rather than a place of rest. So you, you state in your article that you, you think that God rested on the seventh day to show Adam and Eve that relationship is more important than work. That's a powerful statement to, to me. What do you mean by that? Why, why do many pastors seem to get the relationship work uh, thing backward? Yeah, well, that, that thought doesn't originate with me. I think I got that from, it might have been Marva Dawn or, or, or somebody else. But um, yeah, I think the idea is that uh, all the most important things in life uh, are connected to relationship in some way. Um, and God, I think, by resting on the seventh day is, is, is just taking time to relate to Adam and Eve, um, to be with them. Uh, as what is most important, uh, and then they start their work the next day. Uh, there is a sense in which we're made to work. Uh, God, God made Adam to work the garden, made Eve to work alongside him. Uh, yeah, so work is good. I'm not against that, but I think, especially in ministry, our work should flow out of our relationship with God. Um, rather than our relationship with God being separate from our work. Uh, and when we, um, when we fail to take Sabbath, when we um, neglect prayer times and things like that, uh, and just rely on our talents, what happens is we take God out of the equation in pastoral ministry, which that should be a huge red flag. Yeah. So it's, it's really having a, a a right view of, of what Sabbath is, that Sabbath is not an escape from work. Sabbath is not uh, a vacation, which I think oftentimes uh, pastors, everyone has that sense of, uh, you know, Sabbath is just kind of a, a good day for us. We get to do whatever we want to do. Uh, but that Sabbath is the foundation for yes. our work. And uh, as you say, we live from our rest in God. I go so far as to say it's not just the foundation for our work, but it's the foundation for our, our well-being, for our mental health, for our physical health. Um, it just has so many benefits for the whole person um, that it's, it's, to me, it's essential. So what should be our fundamental view of Sabbath? Uh, especially, again, as pastors, um, I, I fell into the trap of, Sabbath means Sunday, means church, means work, okay? And um, how am I resting on the Sabbath day? Uh, and, you know, I, I think it was just a, kind of a faulty view that I had about how I view Sabbath. 
um, what would you suggest would be a, a just kind of a good way to look at Sabbath? Well, first of all, I'd like us to see it as the best day of the week. Um, the, the day that feeds our joy in Christ, um, that deepens our relationship with God. Um, we should look at it as 24 hours where we cease from productivity. Um, a lot of people will say, well, I took my Sabbath day and then they, they spend the whole day, you know, painting the house or uh, doing some sort of work around the house. It's just a different type of work. Um, really, I think the idea behind Sabbath is it's a 24 hour period uh, where we, we cease from being productive for the sake of relationship with God and others. Mm. Um, and it's just about building our joy through those relationships. So what if painting the house brings me that joy? Yeah. That that becomes a, it's a, again, I guess uh, getting away from the legalism, uh, legalistic mindset that you've already said, you're not, uh, uh, you know, being a proponent of that. Um, that it's it's discovering those things, whether it's not doing anything or doing something that allows you to be in the place where the Lord is feeding your soul. Right. If you have the attitude of, I've got to get this done, that's something to avoid on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But if it's if this is something that really brings me joy and I love the creativity of it and uh, just... Uh, it feeds my soul in a way that work doesn't, then yeah, it's an activity that's available on the Sabbath, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you, if painting your, your, your bedroom is something that is, is going to just feed your, your sense of joy in Christ, it's going to bring you peace, then yeah, that might be an available thing. I used to do uh, woodworking on the Sabbath and, and do uh, some, some wood turning and, that was being productive, but I wasn't making anything for the purpose of selling or uh, necessarily people using. It was the artistry of it mm-hmm. that I love, the creativity of it. And um, to me, it just it just brought peace to my soul. It sounds like it, it puts your soul in kind of a different place. It casts right. everything in a different light for that, that time. And, and I wasn't doing it for anybody else. Yeah. It was, it was just um, a chance to to do something that I enjoyed uh, and for me was an act of worship because I felt like I was exploring God's creativity in the wood that I was working with. So yeah, it's, it's, it was a relational thing for me. So pastor, I wonder what practices do you have or what are some that you can think of that would help you to Sabbath in a soul-caring and renewing way. You can visit Sean's website, The Pastor's Soul, to read more of this article and to find other helpful resources. Just go to pastorsoul.com. And as your soul is renewed by God's grace in Jesus Christ, so will be your hope and strength. Soul care is hard work, and there is nothing more important. You can learn more about PIR Ministries at our webpage, pirministries.org. Please know we stand ready to serve you and pastors you know facing the uncertainty and pain of forced vocational transition. Thanks for listening to Hope Renewed. And remember, the hope of Christ does not put us to shame.